everyone. Welcome to Spirituality Matters. I'm Reverend Carla, and now I invite you to settle in and let us find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as meaningful and sacred as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. For today's uh, podcast. It's titled God Within Us. Now, this is inspired by an interview that I re- recently had the honor of doing with Dr. Reverend Dr. Jose Roman. For those of you who were fortunate enough to attend our Hidden Homosexual Workshop, I am sure you're, you are going to enjoy that interview. So make sure you look at that uh, here on the podcast. It should have... Uh, uploaded last week. So hopefully you've had a chance to listen to that because also Reverend Arda joins me again for a special time. And it is such a wonderful uh, experience to spend time with both of those incredible humans to, to go a little deeper into the spirituality of all of us. The the title of that workshop just does not do the experience justice. And one of the things that I am still holding on to as the gift of wisdom from that workshop is understanding how our spirituality and and when I say our, I'm talking about collective humanity. So our spirituality and our sexuality and our humanity all are moving congruently. So our understanding of who we are on all of those levels should be more fluid than what they are. Whenever we be, remain static and rigid in our beliefs and how we view the world, that is where tension starts. And so we will be releasing a recorded version of that workshop at some point. If you are not a part of our mailing list, please email info at numasoul.com so that we can add you to that because our subscribers always get notified first the new things that will be up and coming. And believe me, I just left a huge uh, workshop where we were uh, planning strategy meeting, where we were just talking about all the wonderful things that are going to be happening this fall. So you are going to want to make sure you're, you're going to be one of the first ones to know. So during that conversation with Dr. Jose, one of the things that he was talking about was how important that we show up in a way that reflects God within us. And that phrase just really spoke to me. And I knew that a podcast and a blog was asking to be born from that. So the first thing, which is really crazy, and I write about this on the blog as well for this week, which by the way, if you're hearing a a dog panting in the background, remember that our studio is really just a back bedroom. And my grand dog has joined me today. She's been outside in this 90 degree weather, and now she's decided to come in and comfort me with her presence. So I hope you appreciate any little dog sounds that you might be hearing in the background. But when I heard this, uh, Dr. Jose say, God within us, what welled up in me was uh, the, the contemporary Christian um, rock band, Mercy Me. So for those of you who have any kind of Christian religious heritage, you probably know this band. And I used to be a huge, huge fan. I had all of their uh, CDs and I used to follow them all around uh, tri-state area to, to see them in, con- in concert. They had a big crossover hit called Word of God Speak. So that one uh, 
carried across the music genres and became a, an international sensation, really, and really set the band on a very popular uh, road. And so that made it also even harder to see that because their, their fan base grew so much, but I was a dedicated follower. So you could find me anywhere as long as I was listening to Mercy Me in concert. But one of their songs that really speaks to me is called God With Us. And if you know anything about the Bible, you know that the word Emmanuel, which is um, Hebrew for God with us, is used several times in the Bible. And one of the places that you'll find it is when they're talking about um, Jesus. So it's used in the book of Isaiah, talking about um, uh, the, uh, the concept of God being with us at all times. And when they start in the New Testament, when they start talking about the birth of Jesus, they they, rec- they reconcile the arrival of Jesus with those words from Isaiah as if Jesus's birth is heralding in the time when God was it with us physically here on earth. So you imagine that that verse or that, that name, Emmanuel, is uh, very sacred in the Christian tradition, but also in the Jewish tradition, because let's remember that the, what the Christians call the Old Testament is actually uh, the Hebrew Bible. That's still very much active and alive, and we should respect it as such, because for their religious tradition, it does not point to Jesus uh, as the Messiah. They are still waiting for the Messiah, and so they're using that, their their sacred uh, text in a different way, and we should always be mindful and respectful of other people's beliefs. But one of the things that I wanted to read to you was some of the lyrics of uh this God with us because the song for mercy me, because it's just, it is a beautiful song. And even for those of you who like me are unchurched or are on this spiritual, but not religious path, but you're still trying to find ways to reach back and figure out ways to connect with your religious heritage. This song might just be for you now for some people. And this is very true, especially if you're recovering, you're navigating through any kind of religious trauma. Some of these songs, it's best to just ignore them because they can open up a just a groundswell of information of, of of emotion that you might not be ready to deal with. Now, some people might be listening to that and be dismissive, be dismissive of your religious trauma. But friends, I'm here to tell you that it's very real. And just because people in your life or people that you've confided in do not understand it doesn't mean that it's not real. So just be mindful of the things that bring you comfort and the things that trigger you. But now that I have navigated through my healing journey and I have deconstructed from my religious tradition and I've been able to reach back and grab the things that I still honor as sacred, one of them is being able to find new connection to this song. But I want to um, just read one little uh, verse from this song and see if if it resonates with you. It's the chorus. It says, my ha- all that is within me cries for you alone be glorified. Emmanuel, God with us. My heart sings a brand new song. My debt is paid. These chains are gone. Emmanuel, God with us. Now the debt being paid and these chains are gone, of course, are referring to the sacrifice, the sacrifice that Jesus would have made on the cross in the Christian tradition. But there's something about thinking about this God with us, this presence this loving, kind energy that can bring you comfort, depending on where you are on your spiritual journey and your healing journey. If that doesn't 
comfort you, dear ones, please do not feel obligated at all to, to use that song in any way, shape, or form in your spiritual practice. It's just offered there to say, maybe some of these songs still speak to you. But going back to what Dr. Jose said, which I think is also important, is he said how we show up in the world that reflects God within us. Now, for me, the shift is subtle, but it's there because God with us is something on the outside that's like a protector, part of our outer armor, how we are able to stand up against what people might call uh, the temptations or the evils of the world. Now, I no longer um, I no longer believe in that kind of religious heritage, that kind of religious indoctrination, but I still can see also how that is comforting for people if you if you think about God being with you and surrounding you and somehow en encompassing you in an all uh, knowing all um, being kind of love. But for me, God within us carries with me a level of responsibility because it's almost as if no matter what are aspects that are going on in our lives. It's very important that we know that no matter if we are uh, in our roles as uh, a parent, as a sibling, as a as a, a, a daughter, a son, or um, whatever your your pronouns are, that you identify, that you your authenticity shows up. We those we carry a sense of responsibility in those roles as a colleague, as a neighbor. Um, some of us, not so much if we're not really in community with some of our neighbors or our colleagues, but you know what I mean? We carry senses of responsibility. It could be something as simple as going to the grocery store where arriving to the grocery store, we, we are expected to act a certain way. We, when we're waiting in a doctor's office, we're expected to act a certain way. When we're walking our dogs, we're expected to act a certain way. Now, some of that's just cultural norms, but we carry that sense of responsibility with us. And if we think about God being within us, that for me shifts the paradigm to not only experiencing this divine love and energy as something that's outside of me, but now it's in me. And then how does that reflect to the world? And I have said this so much over time where if our, the only way our spirituality, which is God within us, our spirituality is showing up in how we judge or condemn or oppress others, that is not spirituality. That is oppression. That is you, you're taking your beliefs and enforcing that narrative over someone else's lives. That's not spirituality because spirituality is always about the work that we do, the inner work that we do, the sacred soul work that we do that impacts how we show up in the world. So God within us carries that, gives it almost an, um, I don't want to say it's a burden, but to me, it's a, it's a sacred responsibility for how I live. Now, that doesn't mean that I accept a definition of God that I no longer believe in. Because there came a time when I actually, when I became unchurched, that I wouldn't even use the name God. Because what the way it had been used in my religious heritage was a strong patriarchal 
um, male version of a God with the white hair, the white beard, everything. And that was an active part of your life that demanded obedience, allegiance, and silence so that you were always moving towards this obedience and, and you were uh, the, the fear that was indo indoctrinated into that kind of belief. That's not the God that I think of when I say that. So when I worked through my own religious trauma and I worked through my healing, I was able to reclaim that name, because the name God, because I now see that no one religion, no one denomination within that religion has the capacity to define who or what God is based on their understanding. All of us are just trying to take our experiential life experiences and pointing towards the divine, but it really takes all of us collectively standing together to start to see the entire picture. But somehow we end up a lot of times we end up putting blinders on that we don't want to see. We reject other people's experiences based on our interpretation, based on um, our indoctrination, however you want to, to define that. So when I say, God, I am making room for the vast many definitions and experiences and unexplainable mystery of the divine that we carry in us just because we are here, just because we are human, not because I jumped through salvational hoops and got baptized a couple of times and did everything I was supposed to do to be accepted into membership in any church. That's not why. It's just because I'm here that I carry that within me. All right. So I'm really good about getting down, uh, really get, good about getting on soapboxes, if you will, but that's what happens when, you know, you were you uh, have a history of, of ministers in your family and things just come to you. So I apologize. I hope there was something in there that was useful for you. But in the blog, I also write about how at the time when I was really a, a huge Mercy Me fan, I started to see that I was on a collision course with where I was, where my journey was taking me, that where my journey, my, my spiritual journey was colliding with my personal beliefs and my, my spirituality, because what I realized was that this struggle came out of me constantly trying to fit this God that I was seeking to understand in this small box. And for some people, that's okay. It's not a judgment on the actual box, other than if we insist that everybody get in there in the box with you and you lock the door and no one else can believe any other way. That's when we get into trouble. But I'm assuming that I'm talking to you and you don't believe that. So for me, that box became too small. It actually started to suffocate me. But what I found was that that wasn't something that I was able to also express inside my religious heritage. I was told I had a spirit of offense. I was told that I, I was a doubter, that I wasn't uh, faithful enough, that I never was a Christian, that um, my questions showed that I was weak. 
all of these things said to me in an attempt to get me to just silence my heart and my soul and to get me back into line. And, and it actually ended up having the, the opposite effect because what it ended up happening was I finally got the courage to walk out of the church doors and never return. But during that time and the initial time after um, my husband and I both left, it was a mutual decision. I realized how emotionally charged those songs were that I had been listening to all this time. And there's nothing wrong with songs bringing up a, a groundswell of emotion. There's nothing wrong with that. But I needed to stay away from that for a while because I intuitively knew that I had some healing. I didn't know where I was going to end up. I had no idea that at that time, seminary wasn't something that I was really actively considering. I just knew I needed to find how God ebbed and flowed in the world outside of my own religious understanding. And I had no idea how I was going to be able to do that. But so I, I ended up rejecting all of that, those songs. I, I had a huge playlist. It was the only songs that I ever listened to were the contemporary Christian songs. So not only Mercy Me, but Third Day, Casting Crowns, uh, Newsboys, Jars of Clay, all of those uh people I would listen to constantly. And when I was in my car, it was either on my phone or I was on Sirius XM, whatever I could, whatever I could listen to, because I wanted to just be immersed in that experience. And then I just had to reject it. And I was so far removed from uh, pop music that it was like I was relearning things all, all over again. But I also, at the time, I thought I was alone. I thought this was something that only we, my husband and I were experiencing. We didn't know how many people were experiencing the same thing that we were to the point that for the first time in history, there are more people in the United States that are not going to church than there are who are going. So when people tell you that we are a religious nation, that is not true. There will be a link in the show notes from a, a poll that I keep using, but it, and even there, you can see that this has been an eight-year trend, I'm sorry, an eight-decade trend of how people have been navigating away from something that no longer serves their soul. And some people will say, well, it's just because it's not convenient. That is not true. And it's also a grave mistake to assume that because we are leaving, we are rejecting God because we are not. We are simply rejecting Christianity's version of God that places God inside a small box and demands that we contort ourselves to fit inside with that limited understanding. That same box that requires us to judge others based on how they look, whom they love, where they were born, where they live, or how they vote. So once you leave and you're out for, and you're freed from this organized religion, it's hard to turn back and go back into it. It doesn't mean that some people don't because the spiritual wilderness, when, when, a, when organized religion has been holding your spirituality and you have found comfort in a spiritual community that, in that, it's hard to navigate that out on your, on your own. But for the vast majority of us, because the data proves that, we accept the invitation to release our previous understanding of God, and we begin to walk in the spiritual wilderness and explore and discover the mysteries of the divine. 
So here we start to see how God moves through the world and we marvel at the world traditions. We look and learn about the construct of religion and how humbling it is to see how a lot of religions aren't necessarily set to be so restrictive that demonize other people. Now, that's not to say that Christianity is the only one that will, uh, that oppresses some people's rights and not all denominations. We know that when I talk about that, I'm not talking about all denominations, um, but it, we know that that happens, especially LB, LGBTQIA+. And we know that a lot of racial discrimination exists inside Christianity. But if we continue to trust this journey, we finally let go of any remaining vestiges of who or even what God is. One of the most freeing experiences was when I no longer felt obligated to define what or who God is. Always before it was explained to me through the lens of a my denominational's understanding of the Bible. But we got to understand something. Every denomination has a different understanding of the Bible. That's why you have 40,000 some denominations worldwide. So even inside Christianity, they can't actually define who or what God is. But when I decided that I no longer needed to do that, what opened up for me was a more sacred experience of being able to just be because God just is just like the, the Bible says, be still and know that I am, I am. And that doesn't require explanation. It's a relational experience, but there is a journey that we navigate through healing and it can also uh, boomerang us back into some traumatic experiences and a longing for connection because sometimes it can be lonely out here. But if we trust that we are on a sacred path that is just as sacred and meaningful from what we left, then it can be your sacred spiritual path which is the way I've always, I now think spirituality was always intended to be. How we come together in community should enrich that. And that, again, that doesn't mean that, that all churches don't do that. But the, but the most, if I had to help someone, and I, I never try to talk anybody from leaving, and I never talk, try to talk anybody from returning, unless that's, a, that's 100% what they want to do. But it's a mistake to return because you're lonely. I've had people literally tell me as late as last week that I think I'm just going to pretend, fake it in the pews and just go back because the potluck dinners mean so much to me that I'm willing to give up part of my sacred path, my authenticity to be in community. That, my friends, is a mistake. We are not here on this very, in this very short life to fake any part of our lives. Sure, there are times where we, we are mindful and respectful and we be careful with our words to honor the space that we're in, but for our lives to show up and live authentically, where is there ever a time 
that it's the right thing to fake any aspect of who we are. So I would encourage some deep, deep contemplative time with the divine that helps point you to what it is that you exactly are missing. Because it doesn't mean that the only place you can find it is, is within a spiritual community that you rejected in the first place. So inside this new experience of being in the spiritual wilderness or being in um, the spiritual on the spiritual but not religious path, there's there's places where we can still find community. It's just going to look different for us. They can be it can be very much a relational, supportive community. So now I want to um, shift gears a little bit and just take a little detour and, and ask you to consider this as we close our time together. Letting go may feel foreign and you may feel confused as you deconstruct and you heal from your religious trauma because I know you want guidebooks. I know you want answers. I know you want 10 steps to recovering from religious trauma. You want that structure that you had that seemed like the right way to do spirituality that you might've had in organized religion. But the truth is there is no roadmap. There is no guidebook. It just is. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't come together and have resources to help recover from religious trauma, or we can't find new ways to be in community. The reason why I say what I said, I always say at the beginning of these podcasts is because I believe that, that I believe our, our, we can transcend our physical limitations. And this time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another on a couch. And the reason why I say that is because I experienced it. My entire uh, collegiate experience and my seminary experience for the five years that I studied before I was ordained was all virtual. And some people I've never met personally, but I have lifetime friends, accountability partners and mentors that I turn to when I myself am in need. And in some of my seminary uh, siblings, I have the only time I met them was at our ordination in New York City. But that doesn't mean that those aren't sacred relationships. The point I'm trying to make here is that it is time for us, as I believe the pandemic taught us, I'm going to take a side side road here for a minute, because I remember the pre-pandemic, how people would judge me saying that you can't be spiritual without church. Uh, condemn me for saying this is wrong. You can't tell people that it's okay not to go to church. Well, then the pandemic hits and, and it was always about the brick and mortar. You know, it's all, always about the assembly of God has to be brick and mortar. Well, here comes the pandemic. Well, this is awkward because all of a sudden church became virtual and all of a sudden it was a green light. Now you can say that it's now the understanding was that they were going to go back into physical community, but you tell me how many churches actually have now given up their online services because they have found a new way to connect. So across the denominations, it's not just, you know, uh, all d- different denominations from different beliefs inside Christianity are now using virtual community for connection. Why? Because it's not a sin and it can exist on its own. So th- that's just a small example of one way that we have to start to think outside. We don't realize how often we are still filtering 
who we are and what we believe through a narrative that no longer serves our highest good. But that's one of those belief systems that are. So how are you being invited into sacred community? It doesn't, and it also doesn't mean that physical connection, togetherness may not be happening now, but it can in the future. Because I believe that spiritual communities will continue to rise up that will look more spiritual, but not religious, that will be, look more inner spiritual and inner faith to bring in all kinds of people. And there are some across the, the nation. I don't know about uh, uh, so much around the world because we do have an international audience now. Love that so much. But um, I think it's important that we understand and explore. And when it feels lonely, just say, okay, what can I do with this time now? And I'm going to prepare for what's coming and shift the mind that everything's not just stopped now. And that's the way it's going to be forever. We all know that the only thing that's constant in our lives is change. So the one thing we, I ask you now is again, don't go back to sleep. Don't fake this experience. Remember that God is with us. There's no denying that we know this, especially those of you who are on a spiritual, but not religious path. We talk about this divine experience in us all the time. So how many of you can step to that deep, the deep waters of spirituality, that there's no path, there's no, there's no bottom, you can't see, but what calls you to just dive in and trust? Because that space, which once held fear, it can hold the true mysteries, mysteries that we may never completely answer in this life. But that is where I believe the peace that surpasses all understanding invites us to dive deeper into the sacred unknown, where the unanswerable was once something to fear, but now it gently envelops you in love because God is within us. Blessed be. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you, and I pray you receive something I know that I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now, beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. As always, follow at Rev Carla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now.